Okay, good morning everybody. Today we are starting a new Mishnah on Tess Zion Ahmed Aleph. We're talking about having Kavana and Kriyashma and, uh, and Shimon Esrei, and, and then also about a Chasan, whether he's allowed to go ahead and miss Kriyashma the night of his wedding. So we are on Tess Zion Ahmed Aleph. Today's share should be for a Eloi Neshama, for a Chayas Rav Gabriel Pinchas, for Kamil Shai Ben Reza, and for Tzivya Sona Bas Mirav, and our best Rebbe, Mas Rebbe, and Rufuah Shlema for Avram Zelig Ben Tzipora. Okay, and for Chol Yisrael. So we are on the Mishnah on Tes Zayin Amad Aleph. So the Mishnah starts off. Ha'omnin Korin, where are we? Sorry, Ha'omnin, yeah, Ha'omnin Korin, Berosh Ha'ilon, Rosh Ha'nidbach. So these people, these workers, these uh, laborers, if they find themselves working during the time when Kriyashma takes effect, the Zman of Kriyashma comes, they should even go ahead and read Kriyashma if they are plucking fruit and they are in a tree, or they are building and sculpting a wall and they find themselves on top of a wall. So they don't even have to come down, they can go ahead and actually, if the Zman of Kriyashma starts while, or, or is chal, while they are middle of their work, they stop and they go ahead where they are. They say even as on top of a tree or they are on top of a, uh, of a, of a half-built wall made of stone. Even though you would think that it's a very difficult place to have kavana, we'll see why in a minute because it's unstable, they're high up, they're afraid they're going to fall. Still, nonetheless, even though they can't fully have kavana, since Really, Kriyashma only really requires Kavana for the first Pasuk. Since it only re- really requires Kavana for the first Pasuk, they can go ahead and just say it there. As opposed to, But they should not go ahead and say Shemona Esrei there. Meaning, if they find themselves in the middle of a tree plucking fruit, or the skilled laborers are going ahead and building a wall, and then Zman Kriyashma comes, they should stop where they are, say the Pasuk, even though it's not very fertile terra firma, it's not very fertile uh, uh, standing ground, firm ground. But when it comes to Shmon Esrei, they, they're not able to do that. They're going to have to come down. We'll see why in a minute. Now, the, the uh, Mishnah continues. Chasan, Pater Mekriyashma, Belayla Vishona. A Chasan, the night of his wedding, is Pater from saying Kriyashma. Ad and if he never consummated the marriage, he is putter from saying Kriyashma until Motzei Shabbos. Now you have to understand, in the times of the Mishnah and the Gemara, they used to always get married, ideally on a Wednesday night, with the thought that if for some reason they didn't find the woman to be a basula, a virgin, with the assumption that he went into the marriage assuming that she was a virgin, the next morning Bezdin convened, and he was able to go ahead and say, Pesach Pusuch Masasi, he would go ahead and bring a claim in Bezdin that she wasn't the virgin that she claimed to be. So they always used to get married. It's the first off in Ksubas, Ksubas Davbez, right? That Basula Nises in the Ravi, they used to always get married on Wednesday. So it's saying, the Mishnah is telling us here, we'll see why that a chasen is pater, that a wedding, that a groom on the night of his wedding is pater from Kriyashma. We'll see why in a minute, but. Um, he has that night, and if he doesn't actually consummate the marriage, if he doesn't actually have relations, um, then the tour, the exemption for saying Kriyashma extends until Motzei Shabbos. After the fourth night, if for whatever reason he didn't consummate his marriage yet, by then already, Sunday night he would be obligated. Unless 
it lasts four nights. Because by then they say that you're not so worried. So let's try to understand for a second. Why would a chassan be potter? Because he's so, th- he's concerned about the, he's focused on the mitzvah of, 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 of Ona, of Puravu. Um, and <clears throat> and the question is, yes, yeah, so there are multiple possibilities. Either he's, he's, he's nervous, he's, uh, he, he might injure himself, according to the, um, according to Ben Yonah. The other thought is, it says here that according to Ben Yonah, um, Let's see. Um, he's he's so he's so concentrating on that, and then the, on the actual act, he's obviously he's a rookie at this. And the Rambam says he's nervous that he may not find his his wife to be a basula. Whatever the thought process is, he's torahed b'mitzvah. His thought is occupied, he's preoccupied, and he's not going to be able to have proper kavana for for uh, Shema. The question is, what Shema is he putter from? So the different opinions. Some say he's only putter from Kriya Shema Mariv. Some say the uh, the Mara Cohen actually says he's only putter from Kriya Shema. Alamita, because that's most likely when he's going right. to go ahead and have and have Tashmish. He's not and Marif two hours earlier is not so much thinking about that. So some people say he's even Pater from Kriyashmav Shachwe. So it's not exactly clear clear. In any event, he'd be Pater from the first night from saying Kriyashma, and subsequently if he doesn't have Tashmish up until four nights later. But after that, since he's no longer so nervous, he got gets to know his wife a little bit better, he's not so worried. So if he doesn't have relations for the first week, the Pator only exists for the first four nights, but not on the fifth night, unless he knows that he's going to have Tashmish that night, then then it would apply to that night as well. Is now, it not applying to our seven mitzvah, patuba mitzvah? This is exactly what it is. I was saying it's a patuba mitzvah. We're going to have to see it's a little bit different because he's not actually performing the mitzvah, he's thinking about the mitzvah. But that's the next sugi. The, the Gemara is going to discuss this. This is one, this is one of the classic sources for osik mitzvah, patuba mitzvah, someone who's involved in a mitzvah is exempt from mitzvah B. Um, but we'll get to that. We discussed it, but we're going we're gonna to re examine <laughs> it tomorrow. The Mishnah continues. It happened once that Rabbi Gamliel married a uh, married a woman. Vikara Laila Rishoni said Kriyashma that first night. Amrlo Talmidov. So Talmidim said to him, "The Matanei Rabbeinu didn't our Rebbe teach us Shachasan Parter Mekriyashma that the night of someone's wedding the Chasan is actually Parter from Kriyashma and you went ahead and said Kriyashma." Amar lehem, so Rabbi Gamliel responded to his talmidim, "Eini shemelechem levatel imen and malchus shemayim filo shachas." That doesn't apply to me because I'm not willing to be mevatel to nullify or obliterate or abolish malchus um, shemayim, accepting Hashem's yoke even for one minute. So for me, it doesn't apply. Now, this was not. Tosos points out this is not meant to contradict what the Gemara says. If you look at the third Tosvos, Masa Rabbi Gamliel shenasa isha. Kari says on the side, lo lav listor. This is not coming to uh, to uh, contradict or to go against the opinion in the mission that says the chassan is potter that a groom is potter from kriyashma. Rabbi Galil is not saying that. Rather, im gadolu botech ba'atzmo sheyuchal eskavin. If a person is a tremendous tzaddik and tamachacham and he's a yarei shemayim and he knows that he will be able to have kavana despite the fact that it's his wedding night. And he's going to go, and he can say Hashem's name without saying Labatala, meaning he's not just saying empty words, then this halacha, that being potter from Kriyashma, does not apply to him. Very interesting, by the way. Notice how they said to Rabbi Gamliel, Limanatanu Rabbeinu. In fact, the Rambam says that if someone is ever going to correct his Rebbe, that's the exact Lashon. Basically, the Rambam says in the Chastam Torah, in Perakei Ra Rabo Overal Divrei Torah, if a Talmud sees his Rebbe, 
being over on something, violating something, Omar Lo, he should say to him, not that you're doing this wrong, rather, you should tell him, didn't Rebbe teach us? It's exactly from our Mishnah. So this is the halacha, that if you see uh, someone doing something that they, they told you, uh, a, Reb, a Rav told you the opposite, and then they're acting differently, you should remind them in a very bakavadik way and say, didn't our Rebbe once teach us? And this is actually brought down in the halacha. Okay, let's do a little Gemara before we talk about paying. Today we're going to discuss fascinating topics about paying laborers on time. What about if you, a laborer works for you on Friday? You normally have to pay him that night. What happens now if he works on Friday afternoon and Friday night comes and you can't pay him on Shabbos? Do you violate an Isser? And uh, we have some fascinating, and our resolve for Alan just walked in, so we have some little Kabbalah for Alan as well. So the Gemara continues. Tanarabaran. So we say that skilled laborers go ahead and they read Kriyashma, they could stand on top of a tree, in the middle of a tree if they're plucking fruit, they don't come down. The reason why they don't come down, we'll see in a second. And they stay on top of the wall that they're building and they say Kriyashma. Similarly, they can dive in Shmona Esrei specifically if they're standing in a, uh, in a fig tree or an olive tree. And the reason is, Rashi brings out why are these two trees unique. Rashi says, because their, their branches are so thick, you're not afraid to fall. Because these two specific trees are so much thicker than, the, than other trees, you have a little more uh, terra firma, you're not so nervous that you're going to fall. And therefore, you can go ahead and dive. And there are other reasons given as well. As a matter of fact, the, um, <clears throat> another reason given is that because their branches are so, are so uh, thick that you're not going to break. Not just that they're wider, that you're not going to fall off, but they're not going to break. And Rabbeinu Yonah says it's actually even a little bit different reason, nothing to do with the thickness, but because there are so many branches, it's going to take the worker so long to climb down, it's going to be a, a loss of, uh, you know, he's being paid by the hour, and therefore it's going to take extra long for him to come down. Realize, by the way, all this is being talked, speaking about a worker who's being paid. And since a worker is being paid, the whole question is, can he stop to daven Shema or Shema Nesrei? He's getting paid for that time, and, he's, he, and he was hired for the assumption that he's going to work every waking hour other than eating or going, to, or going to the bathroom. So is he allowed to go ahead and take time out to go ahead and come down the tree, descend from the tree, to go ahead and daven Shema Nesrei and, and Shema? Now, we said that you can do it, you stay up there for, for, for Shema, but you have to come down for Shemon Esrei. I skipped the Rashi. It's very important. Rashi says, why is Shemon Esrei different than Shema? Why do we say that Shema, you can stay up in the tree or on the wall, but you have to come down and descend before you say Shemon Esrei? Rashi says, it's lo serachmi hubari kavana. The whole essence of Shemon Esrei is beseeching from HaKadosh Baruch Hu that he should shine his countenance on us and he should have a rachmim on us. And for you to have to have the proper kavana. Without kavana, you're not going to endear Hashem to give you to give you mercy. So, because much more kavana for an extended period of time for the for Shema, only the first pasuk b'diyeve uh, needs needs um, kavana. So, for those ten seconds, Shema Yisrael you can have kavana even in a tree. But for Shmon Esrei, which is much longer, we're really beseeching a kadosh baruch Hu, to have rachim. Rashi says you need much more kavana for that. You have to come down. So the Gemara continues. <clears throat> When it comes to other trees, 
not a fig tree or not a date or not a olive tree. You have to actually come down and stand on the ground in order to say Shmona Esraim. Mispalim is first to Shmona Esraim. The Gemara says, Ubalabayas. However, if someone is pruning his own trees, meaning he's not hired, he himself is working on his own, he's not paying himself, so the time is not as valuable, meaning he's not paying for someone to do this, and therefore he's doing it himself, then he should always come down, because the truth is, for Shmon Esrei, the Fishain Daitu Mishavasalav. Even if he's in the middle of a uh, standing in an olive tree or on a fig tree, <clears throat> since it's not a question of a worker taking money from his employer without when he's not doing work, it's not really an issue. Therefore, he should come down, he should have the proper kavana, and he should daven like a mensch. The Gemara continues. The Gemara says, Rami Le Rav Mari Shmuel. So Rav Mari, who was the daughter of, Shm- of Shmuel. Who was, sorry, who was the son of the daughter of Shmuel. Why does it say this, by the way? Why does it refer to, her name was Rachel, by the way. The Gemara in Shabbos discusses that Shmuel had a daughter who was once kidnapped and raped by someone named Isar. Isar was a, uh, was a non-Jew. Uh, he raped her and uh, she became pregnant. This is Shmuel's daughter, the great Amor Shmuel. His daughter Rachel, the Gemara says in Shabbos and Ksuvas that she was raped and she became pregnant. And Isar eventually converted before she gave birth. But so Shmuel was bo- so Rav Mari was born in Kedusha, but since he wasn't conceived in Kedusha because it was obviously a uh, uh, forced uh, you know forced Tashmish, so then we, to give him kavod we don't mention his father's name. We say the daughter of Shmuel who was Rachel. So that's why it's called Rav Mari Bara because normally you don't see that's the uh, that it's um, <clears throat> given you know an Amora is named in the, by by his mother. So Rav Mari was the daughter, the son of the daughter of Shmuel. Uh, says says to uh, says to Rava, I have a question for you. So we just said that in our Mishnah we learned that skilled laborers, if they're in the middle of plucking fruit or they're in the middle of building a wall, they go ahead and they say Kriya Shema. And the time for Kriya Shema comes, they don't descend because they're being paid by the, by the hour. They say Shema where they are, even if they're in the middle of a tree or on the top of a partially built wall, which is not very stable. So Alma, low boy Kavana, we see that you don't need Kavana. The thought is that they're not even stopping to do work while they're plucking the fruits. If you're not descending, what's going to stop them actually from continuing to pluck the mangoes while they're saying Kriyashma? Or Minui, and we have a Brisa that contradicts this, and says, we know that when someone says Kriyashma, you must go ahead and have proper kavanah. You have to have intention. Shinem Ashma Yisrael. We know, and Laholan Omer, later on the Pasuk says, Haskes Shema Yisrael. We have two times where it says Shema. One is in Zchanan, Shema that we know, Shema Yisrael Hashem Kshem Echad. And later on, when, when Moshe is about, was telling them, you're about to enter, cross the Yardane. Obviously, Moshe passes away in Harnavo in, in, in Jordan. We don't know exactly where it is today, but he's somewhere buried in Jordan. But before, B'nai crosses the Yardin, he tells them, you have to go ahead and listen to Hashem. You have to go ahead, and when you cross the Yardin, write the Torah down on the stones. So you have some kind of memory. And before he, and, and while he's telling them this, he says, Haskei Shema, listen and pay attention. So we know there, if it means pay attention, so our Shema Yisrael means pay attention also, which means you have to have Kavana. We learned this already. You have to have Kavana when you're saying Shema. So how could you tell me that they can go ahead and stand in the tree or stand on a wall and say Shema, presumably while they're still working, they're not going to have the proper Kavana. We know from here, Shema Yisrael is, is compared to 
pay attention and listen. So if we're paying attention by Moshe when he says Shema, obviously when we say Shema Yisrael, you have to pay attention. But they're not paying attention. Presumably they're still working. The Gemara says, So this is the question. Just like they're paying attention when Moshe says Shema Yisrael, they should be paying attention when we say Shema Yisrael. And therefore, how are they able to go ahead and, and uh, say Shema while they're in the middle of working in a tree or on a wall? So Ishtik, uh, Rava was, was dumbfounded. He was silent. Rav Mari's question was very, um, very compelling. So Amar Leh, so Rav says to Amar, it's a great kasha. Do you have an answer? So Amar Leh, Haki Amar Rav Shesha. Rav Mari responded to him, I, I do have an answer to my question. I heard Rav Shesha say, it doesn't mean that just because they're in the tree and just because they're still standing on the wall doesn't mean that they're still actively engaged in their labor. They stop for 10 seconds. They just don't come down. But they stop doing what they're doing and they focus on Kriyashma. Why, like, why does the mission say that the, the, a, a, a man marrying a, a woman, a, a virgin, does not have to say Shema until he has relations? Well, we can get to that. But before you walk in, we're discussing because he's thinking about it so much. He's nervous either. Well, he won't have the concentration. Exactly. It's a, it's a Kavan issue. We're going to get to that tomorrow, tomorrow, but it's a Kavan issue. This is one of the classic examples Osik Mitzvah, Patram, and Mitzvah. If you're involved in a Mitzvah, you're exempt from Mitzvah. The, the, the interesting issue here is that he's not actually involved in the Mitzvah at the time, he's just thinking about it. So if it takes up a lot of mental real estate, we'll have to see if that impacts. <clears throat> we'll do that tomorrow. <clears throat> the Gemara continues Vatanya, Base Hilo Omrim, Oskim, Malachtam, Makarin. I understand. You're telling me that they stopped, but Beis Hill actually says they're osik bimlachavakaron. They still go ahead, and you can continue doing your work and say kriya shema. So how do you get out of that? In other words, you're trying to tell me that it's not such a question, because in fact, even though they're still standing on the wall or still up in the tree, they actually stop plucking the fruit. They stop going ahead and laying the cement on the wall, or laying bricks, <clears throat> and they stop. And the Beis Hill says oskim bimlachavakaron. They're actually continuing to read. So Gemara says lokash. How the parakrish and how No. There is a difference. The difference is whether they're involved in the first parak or the second parak. We know that the first parak, we say Shema Yisrael, talking about the first parsha, the first pasuk, that's what requires Kriya Shema, so, uh, Kavana. So for that, they must stop. For afterwards, you can continue. We've discussed many times, there are four different possibilities, what the actual obligation in the Torah is for Kriya Shema. Is it the first pasuk, like the Ramban? Is it the first parsha, like Rashi? Is it the first two parshios, like Tosvos? Or is it all three parshios, like the Rambam? But for here, we're saying that since only the first, they were talking about the first pasuk, you have to stop. After that, when you get to the second parsha already, you can go ahead and continue to work. Let's go on a little bit before we start talking about contemporary issues. So says, Let's say you have hired skilled laborers and you are paying them. They can go ahead and say, they're not in a tree, they're, they're working. They're, they're working, they're painting for you in their house. And they make the bracha beforehand and afterwards. In other words, they don't have to skip. They should say the full kriyashma with the full brachas before and afterwards. Let's say they have lunch now and they're taking a food break. And they're eating, uh, they're eating bread. They can go ahead and they can go say um, bench, make the bracha beforehand, and bench afterwards. And they can go ahead and they can say a full shmon esrei, full 18 brachas, 19 brachas. There shouldn't be the chazen, because the chazen takes a little more time, and if they're a kohen, ain't no sin kapeyam, they should not duchen, because both of these times, um, both of these being the chazin or going to dochen takes a little extra time, and that they shouldn't do. They should do the basics with a bare minimum in complete in, in entirety, but don't take any added extra 
any extra responsibilities. The Gemara says, whoa, I have a question. We saw that if someone, in another price of someone is, is davening uh, while they're working, while they're being paid, they should say, means you say the first three brachos of Shemon Esrei, the last three brachos, and the middle 13 brachos are condensed into one bracha. So it's three, one, three, it's seven brachos, and the first paragraph of the, in between, the meaning, the first three, the last three, but the, the middle one comprises all 13. So short, so you save two, three minutes, let's say. So we say, you don't see the whole Shemon Esrei. So I don't understand. The Gemara says, Rav Sheshes Lokasha, Ha Rabbi Gamliel, Ha Rabbi Yeshua. So it's my clock, Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Yeshua, whether you go ahead and you say the entire Shemon Esrei. E Rabbi Yeshua, so if Rabbi Yeshua holds of this concept that you can go ahead and say a shortened Shmona Esrei, Rabbi Yeshua says, you know what, I'm coming up with this idea, you can say shortened Shmona Esrei, then he shouldn't say only by poems. There are certain circumstances where even individuals can say, either you hold that there's such a thing as a condensed Shmona Esrei, or there's not such a thing as a condensed Shmona Esrei. If you are, <clears throat> if you hold that there is such a, a concept exists of saying a seven bracha Shmona Esrei during the week, it shouldn't be limited just to, uh, to workers. Everyone should be able to say it. Gemara says, in order to, to um, reconcile these two prices, both of these are Rabban Gamliel, both opinions are Rabban Gamliel, Velo Kasha. It's not a Kasha. Why? Rabban Gamliel says, he does hold to such a concept of Shorn Shemon Esrei. Ah, he says, you always have to say Long Shemon Esrei. It depends how you're being paid. If you're being paid by the hour, then you have to go ahead and say the short monastery because you're on, you're on the clock. If you're getting paid just for a meal, in other words, you're doing all this for a lunch, that's a much lower level of, 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 of schira, of, of being hired out. And for that, you could take your time and say the full Shemon Esrei. So it really depends on what the contract is. If the contract is you're being paid by the minute, by the hour, then you go ahead and you have to say the short Shemon Esrei, the 313 bracha. But if you are being, in fact, paying... You're working off your uh, your board. You know you're you're staying by someone, and they want you to wash the dishes to go ahead and to uh, to pay for your room and board. So that's not a specific. You're not being paid per time. So then you can go ahead and say the short monastery. A couple more lines before we get to uh, the full monastery. Sorry, you say the full monastery. Thank you. So the Gemara continues. Vatanya hapolim shayu osim lacha itzablabayis laborers who are working for somebody. Karen kriya shema. So they say Shemon Esrei, they say Kriyashma, and they bench, but they don't make the bracha beforehand. But they do, and they don't make the bracha beforehand, because that's only Midra Banan, right? Amot Zalechem in Aretz is not Minat Torah. So we, we, what we see from all this is how exact and careful you have to be when you're being paid even to make a bracha, it's only to Rabbanon, you're talking to God, and still, and still we're saying you don't make the bracha. The fact that there's even uh, one sheet like this in the Gemara, because you're being paid in the minute, you can't steal. Gineva is minatora. A bracha is mid but you were, so you have to realize how important it is if you're really being paid by the minute, that you really have to take it into account. So much so that if you're even being uh, a we say, don't make a drabanan. And when it comes to benching, which we know Berchus Mazon is minatora. Brachan Tav Chafalaf, we discussed many times. Vachalta Vsevati Varachta, still only make the first two brachos. Amavarach Lecheresh time, only the first two brachos, because that's considered more Minatora than the first, than the third and the fourth. Ketzar, Bracha Rishon, you say Azanasakol Kitikuna. You say the first bracha. Remember, Moshe went ahead and established the first bracha. Ubracha Shnia, the second bracha, which was authored by Yoshua. Uh, you include of Neushlaim in the second bracha. So you're condensing. You're condensing Berchas Amazon. But Medvar Murim says the Gemara. What are we talking about? 
So we say, when do you make a shortened, when do you make a shortened bracha benching? Only when you're being paid by, per time, per minute, per hour, then you make a shortened benching. But if you're being paid by the su'uda, or if, you're, if your employer is sitting down with you and eating, then if he's sitting down and engaging in conversation and he's letting the lunch go a little bit longer, obviously he's not so makbid on the time, so in either of those two scenarios, you give say the full benching. That is, if you're paid just per meal, meaning you're not being paid by the hour, but if you work for the day, I'll give you a meal, so it's not on the minute, you can say the whole benching. Or if the owner is actually the owner or the employer, the one who hired you, sitting down with you for your meal, then you can go ahead and say the whole benching, because Mistami Zmochal, obviously, is not watching the clock, he's schmoozing with you. Everyone, please open your chumash. So we're gonna, we can close the Gemara, we're gonna discuss a lot of contemporary issues in the next 15 minutes. Yeah, so the first two brachas, absolutely. The third... So, no, so he's saying the, the Moshe, Moshe made the first and, and Yoshua made the second. That's Fishor Min Torah. After that, it's not... Yeah, so, but we incorporate it into two. If everyone can open the Chumash, we're going to start with Vayikra, Perak Yutes, Pasuk Yud Gimel. We're going to have to discuss. You're, you're going to look with me. So Perak Yutes, Steve is not here to tell us the page, but Perak Vayikra Yutes, Pasik Yud Gimel. If anyone finds the page in the stone, uh, please let me know. 660? Okay. So the Pasik says, Don't go ahead and defraud your fellow Jew. Don't steal from him. And you should not go ahead and withhold the... So you should not go ahead and withhold the wages from your employee until morning. So we here have a losa said that one cannot withhold wages. So let's talk for a minute about the employers. We just spoke a little bit about the obligation of the employee to the employer. Now we're going to discuss what the obligations of the employer are to the employee. Now, as an aside, we know that if anyone's working in the field of harvesting, that employee must have access to the fruit. They're allowed to take, after they go and they fill up their, uh, they finish the harvest, they're allowed, they can't take doggy bags and bring it home, but they're allowed to eat on the job. Otherwise, it's like, just like you can't muzzle an animal while they're working, you can't muzzle a human while they're working for you if they're working in the, in the fields. But in any event, that's, that's one obligation the employer has to the employee. But here also we say that one cannot go ahead and withhold wages. Keep your finger there or put the bookmark there. Please turn to Devarim, Perek Chaf Dalid, Psukim Yudalin and Tezvav. So Devarim 24, 14 and 15. So in Devarim, whenever someone gets the page, let me know. Devarim Chaf Dalid, Pasuk Yudalin and Tezvav. 1060. 1060. So 660 and 1060. Okay. So the Pasuk there says, Don't go ahead and abuse a needy, uh, a needy uh, worker. You must pay, Pasuk Tesvav, you must pay your labor on that day. Don't let the sun set. So we actually have two separate Two separate lavim. We have one talks about in in um, in Vayikra. It says, "Don't go ahead and let the don't withhold wages until the next morning." And in Devarim, we say, "Don't withhold wages. Don't let the sun set." 
So the Gemara in Bar says this is actually one lav, according to the Rambam, this is one losase. It's basically two sides of the same coin. The Gemara in Bar discusses, and Daf Kuf Yud discusses, that one is talking about a, a day higher, and one is talking about a night higher. And you have the next 12 hours to pay him. So if you have a day higher, you hire someone to work for the day, and he stops when the sun sets, you have until the next end of the next morning to pay him. So if he stops working at 6 at night, right. by 6 a.m. you must pay him. And here the saying, um, it says here, If you have a night hire, someone is a night watchman, and he finishes at 6 a.m., you have until 6 p.m. to pay him. Okay? In other words, you have... It says, On that day, give it to him. Meaning, if he worked the night. So the Gemara says, it's not really... And the Rambam holds, it's one lav here. You have one lav, even though two separate psukim, because they say, It just explains, it's the other half. It's literally the opposite side of the coin. It's not a separate lav. There are some who hold that. It's two separate lav in the Bahag and the Urayim. But the Shulchan Aruch, we're going to see in a minute... <coughs> Possums like the Rambam, it's the same law. If you have someone during the day, you must pay him that night. And if you hire someone at night, you must pay him before the, that day is over, the next before, before the sun sets. Now, what's interesting, the Ramah brings the halacha. If you hire someone and he finishes, let's say at 2 in the afternoon, you have to pay him still during that day. It's only if he works until the very, very end of those 12-hour shifts, let's say. Let's just assume it's a perfect day, 6 and 6, right? 6 is sunset, 6 a.m. is sunrise. So if someone works until 6 p.m., you have until 6 a.m. to pay him, right? Because you have to be before the boker. That's what los solen pulasachir tchad boker. Don't withhold it until the morning. Make sure you pay it out before los hashachar comes. Assuming that he was a day employee, you have all night to pay him, and so on and so forth. The exact opposite. If, if he's a night hire, you have all day to pay him. If he's a day hire, you have all night to pay him. If, <clears throat> if he finishes today, in practical terms, if someone finishes today at 2 o'clock and you hire him until 2, you have until 6 to pay him. You have to pay him in that next slot. And if he didn't work until sunset, you have to pay him in the next four hours. Is that a temporary employee or is it a... Well, no, again... That isn't only if it's a Jew. Yeah, so we're, talk, we're talking about... He worked till 5 or 5.30, Right up so that's what the Ramah the says. But obviously, now, we, there, there are caveats we're going to get to in a few moments. Is it a temporary employee or is it a permanent employee? No, so if you're paying him, if it's a one-time thing, if, it's, if he's doing it every single day yeah. and the job is not finished, you don't have to pay him yet. It depends, no. what, it depends what it was done. If it was paid for an hour it's or done, per job. It's done, but then he has another shift and then he has another shift. No, so that, but that's already what the contract says. We'll get to that in a minute. In other words, if the contract says you're going to be paid bi-weekly, that overrides everything. That means there's, there's a meeting of the minds. We're talking about, let's say, but we just hired for one job. If yeah. there's a contract, the contract rules. And it's only applying for Jews? Yes, this applies to Jews. Okay, so not Jews. We should still pay them. You don't want to make, uh, you know, Hill Hashem. But uh, this, no, no, but I am not no. suggesting that, that non-Jews work for free. So don't, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you have to pay them. But now the Gemara says, what happened on, yeah, on we're going to get to this in a second. So this applies to when you hire out people. What about when you hire out utensils? If I lend someone my lawnmower or I lend someone my, uh, my tractor, my tractor. Does it apply to that? So we, we say that it does apply to that, and even to animals, if you rent out an animal. But what about the schar karka? What about if you rent? So the Shulchan Aruch says it applies. The same thing applies. You have to pay if you rent out someone's ox to go in and plow for you, or if you rent a tractor trailer, you have to go in. The same thing applies. But what about renting a house? If you rent a house and you rent it for a month 
and you're supposed to pay in that month and you don't, what happens if you're the renter we're talking about now? So the Mechaber actually says, he says in Siman Shin Lamites, he says, Mitzvah Slasei Schar Socher Bizmano, one has to pay his, his Socher uh, on time. Vim Ichru, over Belav, and if he, if he delayed the, the, uh, his employee, then he over, is over a lav. One lav, he says, right? We just said that two psukim, but the flip sides of the same coin, Vayikra and Devarim. And then it says, Schar Adamo Behema Okalim. It doesn't matter if you're renting an animal, renting, you, hiring a person or a, or a kli. Aval Schar Karka, if you rent a house, Yesh Misha Omer She'ena Over. There are those who say you do not violate anything. Now he continues, he says, Kolakove Sacher. This is assuming you delay. If you don't pay your employee, you violate five lavim and one assay. What's the assay? If you look back at the psukim, I didn't mention this, but I'm waiting till now to say it. It's actually, if you think about it, there are actually multiple. If look back in the pasuk in, in Devarim. It says. Um, that is not say you must pay him on that day and then it says you don't let the sun set so there are two lo- there's two negative commandments both just flips of the si- fl- opposite sides of the coin but there's also an assay you have to pay him on the day that he worked two negatives don't hold it until morning and the other one says don't let the sun set meaning both of them are saying Two of them soak him. One's just talking about a day higher. One's talking about a night higher. But it's really one law according to the Rambam and the Shulchan Aruch Paschal is one law. But this is assuming you're delaying. What happens if you actually don't pay? We're not talking about if you don't pay. You decide, I'm not happy with work. I'm not, well, let's assume you're, not, you're happy with work. You just don't want to pay him. So then you violate five law of him. And he brings the five law of him here, actually, because he says, Zela and, and so on and so forth. You're over on five of them. By the way, there's no malchus for this. There's no malchus if you don't pay for two reasons. We've said many times, Lav she'en bo If there's no action with your lav, then you don't, you don't get malchus. This is an inaction. You're not paying. The other possibility why you don't get malchus for this is because it's nitin latashlum. It's a very easy fix. Just pay the money that you owe. So whatever the reason, you don't get malchus for it, but you are over five lavim. So I want to discuss a couple of contemporary issues which are amazing and what we're going to do with Shabbos. So the Gemara discusses the, uh, the Chafetz Chaim has a book about this called Avas Chesed, Ways You Should Love Your Fellow Yid, and he talks about a lot of uh, contemporary issues about uh, employees. He has four caveats. He says as follows. He says, the employer's, ex- the, the, the halacha is that you only violate this if this is against if this is against the will of the employee. If the employee says, I'm okay if you pay me a week from now, you don't violate anything. So the, the Chafetz Chaim brings a few examples. He says, if the guy comes to you after his job is done, but doesn't actually voice and say, I want to be paid, you can assume he's coming to you, but he's just embarrassed to ask. So if he comes to you and he just doesn't say anything, but his job is done, you see he's exhausted, and he's, his shift is done and he's finished his work, what you paid him for, he should be paid. Don't take his lack of asking as, as he's complicit that you're not paying him. Understand? In other words, it's only if we can assume that he's okay with you delaying. If he comes to you and he's expecting payment, he just doesn't say anything, I want pay me, we don't assume that he's saying, you can pay me in a week from now, we just assume that he's bar- embarrassed. Number two, if he has an emergency and he's not able to come to you for whatever reason, something happened, don't take that as a sign. You shouldn't take that as a sign that he doesn't want to be paid. Rentals. If someone rents a, a um, let's just say, a tractor for a job, 
once you, the renter, finish the job, you have to pay the owner. The owner doesn't know that you finished the job. You rented it until the job is done, and he's in New York, and you're in Florida, and they shipped it down. And you're going to say, I'm going to keep it for another two weeks. If you finish the job, and you didn't notify the owner, and say, now you can collect, then you're over these lavim according to the, the Chafetz Chaim. Again, he, he gave it to you and said, listen, I have to pave my driveway. I need a paver. Um, it's $1,000. Okay, it should probably take a week. After a week, let's say you finish after three days, and you rented it specifically for the job, not for the amount of time, but for the job, you don't notify the owner that you're done, that he can collect payment, you violate this. And the last thing the Chafetz Chaim says, it's only if you, have the, don't, if you have the funds. If you literally don't have the funds, for whatever reason, to pay the person, and you tell them, listen, hopefully when I get it, uh, you know, I'll pay you, you don't violate anything. It's only if you have the funds and you don't pay them. Here's a, here's a practical issue. How long does this Avera last? So the question is, does it last only one day? And after that, in other words, if the first day passes, it says, don't let the sun set and don't let the next morning come. So most opinions say it only lasts one day. After that, you don't violate a Doraisa. Ethically and morally, it's wrong not to pay, but you only violate the Isser once because it says don't let the morning. It doesn't say mornings. Don't let the morning come. So if after the first morning comes and you didn't pay, you violate the Doraisa. If you wait another two, three days, you don't violate a biblical uh, prohibition anymore because it it's a one time. You have the opportunity to pay that day. After that, you violated it and you still ethically and morally and midrabon and you still have to pay, but you only violate it once. So now, the question is, what happens on Erev Shabbos? You have someone working for you Friday, and it literally, Shabbos starts at 7 o'clock, and he finishes 6.55. What do you do? When does the obligation to pay him set in? Friday night. You can't pay him. So the Sefer Achinoch actually says, in such a scenario, you would never violate this Isser. Because Friday night you can't pay him. That's the one night. Sunday night comes, Saturday night comes already. It's not Friday night already. It says, Don't let the night come. So once that first night comes, you're off the hook. So come Saturday night, Sunday night, Monday night, you, I'm talking about Torah now, you don't violate anything because it was the first night, the first night you couldn't pay him. So let me ask you a question. What if the employee, you're letting, you're letting the employee know, you, look, you're going to do a job for, for me, and your shift starts at 7 until 7. And I will not be able to pay Good. you. Good. So the Orsamech, that's exactly what Yael says. So more than that, the Orsamech so actually then, says, disagrees and says, since the owner knows before going into it, he's not going to be able to pay him Friday night, he, it's up to you to address it before and take out five minutes before Shabbos and make sure you pay him. That's not a valid excuse because the guy doesn't know, may not know you're Shomer Shabbos. Uh, or, I mean, assuming he's a Jew, but, but that's not a fair way to, to, to do that, to make him work and say that I'm not going to pay you. So since you know, it's not like Shabbos is springing up on you as a surprise, you have to pay him beforehand. There's a very interesting, the Torah, actually, Torah Shachanach, with two more minutes, a fascinating concept. The Torah actually says you have, to let, you have to let your employee off before Shabbos so that he can do a little bit hachana uh, for Erev Shabbos. So in that time, <clears throat> since he's being done, we said if you, someone finishes while it's still daytime, you have to pay him in that slot, remaining slot. You have to pay him. <clears throat> you let him go at six, and between six and seven, you have to pay him. So even halacha, you don't get away with it. Interesting, fascinating Arizal, and with this will end. Really an amazing thought. The Arizal says, he connects this mitzvah to Shabbos. He says it's tied to the Nishama Yaseira. Paying someone, biyomo titein on the day that he works, you have to give him a schar, you have to pay him. 
that Rizal says tied to Shabbos, very cryptically, to the Neshami Seira, doesn't explain. So two possibilities I came across. Zevach HaShlomim says as follows. You're going to like this, Alan. Who was the first person to receive the Neshami Seira? Adam. Adam was the first. Immediately upon being created, he was given, he was created what day of the week? Friday. He was born on Friday, Adam. Immediately he was tasked, La'avda Ulishamra. Immediately, Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave him the job to guard and to watch Gan Eden. Yeah, he, Hakadosh Baruch Hu endowed him with the weekly gift of Neshami Seira. He was given Neshami Seira right before Shabbos. So every week we are given the same gift every Shabbos because Adam worked on Friday and Schar Yom Hakadosh Baruch Hu had to pay him that day because he worked Friday. He had to get paid, so he paid him with Neshami Seira. That says that Zavach Shlamim is the connection from this mitzvah of paying wages on time tied to, <coughs> tied to Erev Shabbos. There's one other possibility, and that is how he explains the connection. He says, the Zev Yitraf was another re- recent, uh, recent Achron, it says as follows. The Pasuk says in Devarim, it says, You have to go ahead and watch and keep the mitzvahs, the Chuk Mishpatim. I'm commanding you today to go and perform them. So the Gemara of Odazar learns out today to do them and not tomorrow. Today to do them and you won't be paid till tomorrow. Meaning, you do the mitzvahs today, but your schar is in Olam Haba. The schar that we get for the mitzvahs you do today, it says, The Gemara actually says, Do them today and don't push them off. And You do them today, but you don't get paid till the next world. Why? This world is too mundane for us to actually get the full benefits. For HaKadosh Baruch Hu us the benefits of Olam Haba. There's only one, so we do the mitzvahs today, but we know that we'll get paid. Rishayim, get paid. We spoke about last week, that's why Moshe had to daven that Og shouldn't uh, beat him. Moshe had so many more zechuyos than Og. But Og, the Rishayim, get paid in Olam Hazeh. We get paid in Olam HaEmes. So Moshe was worried. So we do the mitzvahs today, says the Gemara, but we get paid later. There's only one thing that's me'en olam haba in this world. What do we say? Neshami Yisera is me'en olam haba. We get, in this world, HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to give us, he has his own mitzvah, says the Zevi He said, He says, whatever we put into the week, Hashem, it's a static. Neshami Yisera is not the same for everybody. For someone who's a Yorei Hashem, who's a Shomer Torah Mitzvahs, the Neshami Yisera is a much more ethereal and... Uh, um, experience than for someone who's, who's, not, who's not Shomer Torah Mitzvahs. So whatever we put into it is what we get out of it. So to get a glimpse of Olam Haba, Me'en Olam Haba, HaKadosh Baruch gives us Nishami Seira, but specifically because Chayyom Biyomo, because Adam worked on Friday, because we work a whole week, we need to get paid now. You can't say you're going to pay us in, in Olam Haba for now. HaKadosh Baruch, you're violating your own Chiyof, your own, your own Pasuk. So we get Nishami Seira, which is Me'en Olam Haba, the only thing that we can get from the next world in this world is something that's in Olam Haba. That's what the Gemara says in Shami Seiris. So that's why we're paid with Shami Seira every week, and that's how Kodesh Baruch Hu fulfills the obligation of Schar Yom Biyomo Titen Schara. We'll pick up tomorrow, Mitzvah Hashem, with Nechassan and being Osing Mitzvah, Patum Mitzvah. If it's the thought process, if you're actually doing the Mitzvah, how you can get out of doing other Mitzvahs, or if you're allowed to get out of other Mitzvahs. Have a wonderful day.